Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman. Along with me, as always, is Steve Balistrieri and Derek Havens. In this episode, we are going to discuss the Patriots' victory against the Colts. And as I put in the title, defense wins the day on both sides, meaning on the Patriots and the Colts. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Patriots' defense, but we certainly have to talk about the Colts' defense and the lack of offense for the Patriots. But I do want to start. We're focusing on the Patriots defense because I'm curious my co-host feelings on how they played. And is this something to build on? Before we go on any further, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube to the PatsFans.com YouTube channel and on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review, whatever you want, and let us know what you think about Patriots 4th and 2. Okay, guys, let's get going on this. Derek, I'm going to share my thoughts on the game first, and I'll go to you. And I want you to comment on what I'm about to share. Victory is a victory, right? But it was hard to watch at times. I think it's fair to say, right? Yep. So I got a lot of criticism for tweeting during the game. I got called the pink cat. I was told to play Madden because <laughs> I said I wanted not only to win, but to be entertained. What I mean by that, I would like an offense that can actually play. I, I would like to see movement of the ball. Defense is great. Defense wins championships. Defense was great here. But the offense is so bad that I had to tweet something out, and that's where that was going on this. I want to spend a lot of time talking about the offense. I want to focus on the defense to begin. But I, is it fair to say it's a great victory? It's a, Well, it's a victory, but it was hard to watch. Russ, are you marginalizing the victory? Not marginalizing. It's not marginalizing. It's not. I know. I know. But come on, I've been doing this with you for ten years. At least I can make. At least I can make a joke. You know, I. I'm telling you. I. um, You know. Well, Steve, you and I talked about this yesterday offline. That game set the NFL back ten years. I mean, just horrible, horrible how bad the offense was yesterday. I mean, I, it, I, I just really, it, it really is hard to watch. I, I, it just feels like nothing is easy. They make first and five, first and 10, two and 10, two and eight. It doesn't matter the down and distance. It feels so clunky. It, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the solution is. I don't know if it's a Mac issue, an offensive line issue, a coordinator issue. It, it, th- there's blame to go around, and it it's tough. It's tough to watch. It really is. Um, they made the plays they needed to make in order to win the game. I'll give them credit for that. I give the Colts right. credit for having some good defense. Aside from that, it really is just. <laughs> I mean. What is there to say? It's not. It 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 was it was hard. To, it was hard to watch a lot a, a lot of the way through that game. Okay, and that's kind of how I wanted to start, Steve. 
Are you in agreement there? It, listen, I know you like old school football. We saw some of that defensively, right? But it was still hard to watch this offense struggle the way it has. I would say it was similar to the Chicago game, except it continued and continued and continued. Absolutely. Um, you know, Derek and I talked about it, and I wrote something earlier uh, this week where I said that watching the Patriots offense, you you would, if you didn't know better, you would get the feeling that you're watching 11 guys that have never seen each other or played together until Sunday, and they threw them out on the field because there's there's no flow. There's no continuity. Right. I mean, it's just like everything seems forced and, and you know, the pieces aren't moving well together. But I, I go back and, you know, I haven't been very critical of Matt Patricia this year. I thought, you know, up until the last couple of weeks, I thought he's done a pretty good job of the play calling. But the play calling is getting really, really predictable. And I'll give you an example. Go ahead. The Patriots overall had 23 first downs where they, you know, were hiking the ball on first down. On a full 15 of them, they ran the ball against what is basically a top five rush defense in the NFL. Okay. 15 of 23 were runs. And in those runs, they were averaging 1.8 yards per carry. That isn't mm. going to get it done. And nope. then I go back to the first five uh, first downs that they ran. Yep. It was a run for minus two, a run for minus five, a run for one yard, a run for one yard. And then they finally broke it up and they passed on first down. And that was a 24-yard play to Jonu Smith. Right. If you're being that predictable, especially against teams that have played good defense, you're not going to be successful. And Bill Belichick even confirmed that uh, on the radio. He yep. said that just like C.J. Mosley was doing uh, mm. in the Jets game. Yep, Shaquille Leonard. Yeah. Yep. Leonard was calling out plays when, depending on how they were lining up in the down and distance. And yep. you know what does that said, tell you? It tell it tells you that they're predictable, just like last year and the year before. They're extremely predictable, even more so. <sighs> yep. And the fact that these guys are calling out plays, and when you're going against a good defense, especially good linebackers who are, are quick off the draw, that puts you in a huge hole. And what what was happening all game long? Derek mentioned it. You mm -hmm. know, you're second and twelve. Second and 15, second and eight, second and nine. That it puts your entire flow backwards. Okay. And that needs to change. We can talk about a lot of other things. I mean, we've talked about the Bill Parcells thing before. And, and Steve, sorry to cut you off, but I mean, like, we've talked about this where it's like it takes six, eight weeks to go ahead and tell what kind of football team you are. We're halfway through the season. I mean, like this, the, the offense is a not a sustainable offense. I mean, this is it, it's literally we're 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 watching the team regress, and it because it's because of Mac, and it's not it's not Mac's well, fault. I want to go there. I oh. actually want to go there, Derek. Okay, so so yeah. I'll table that for a second. Table that like, because I want to spend some time breaking that down. It it, it, it sucks. It really sucks because we're we're watching. What we what we would make fun of teams for doing, <laughs> like we 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 would we would be laughing about this if it was another team, and right now it's 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 uh it's pathetic. I I I just I I just don't I just don't like how the team management is going at all. I mean, just it's frustrating. I'm okay. super frustrated. I understand, Derek, and trust me, I want to spend some time really trying to figure this out amongst the three of us. Not just the offense, but talk about Mac Jones and his lack of development. I want to talk about that. And mm -hmm. I think this game really kind of showed itself to yep. what my concerns are. But we'll get to that in a bit. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the defense because that's 
They won the game. They won mm-hmm. because of the defense and special teams. Let's just call like it is. And I've already actually seen Derek and Steve criticism of the defense. Now it's hard to criticize a defense, right? Not really criticizing the defense Nine per se. Touchdown. <laughs> We're no, but basically more looking at how bad the Colts are. Now I understand the offensive line woes, but this is the most expensive offensive line in football. And I know they're having a hard time, but at some point you got to give credit to the Patriots themselves. Steve, I want to go to you first. Let's talk about the Patriots defense and the pass rush. Now I've been yearning for a pass rush like this probably for a decade, maybe even longer, as long as we've been doing the show throughout the game. I've not seen a pass rush as immense in this game that I've seen in all of the Patriots championship years. I've never seen it extend throughout the entire game like this, Steve. Now I understand the issues that the Colts are having, but at some point you also have to look what the Patriots are doing. Not just Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon was fantastic, but it was other players too stepping up here, Steve. So let's talk about the overall pass rush. I know they were doing a lot of stunts, and they were working every single time. Yeah, they they confused the Colts um, with the stunts. Uh, I think they confused Ellinger at times. And again, I mean, think about it. He's only starting his second game. So they wanted to bring pressure on him to force him into making mistakes. And honestly, I mean – with the pressure he was under, I expected a lot more, you know, interceptions uh, on Sunday. They, they didn't get that one until really the end of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the pass rush was incredible. And the, the fact that they're able to do it for four. the most part, rushing only four guys, to me, That's is huge. Want, because if you can rush four, drop seven, and you're getting constant pressure on the opposing uh, quarterback, then, you know, that game is already half won defensively because you're still filling up those gaps for the receivers to, to work in. So I thought, you know, Judon has been just absolutely incredible. Unblockable, um, Steve, unblockable. But, you know, and, and against the run, he, he made that one fourth down stop. Yeah. You know, he's, he's setting the edge. I mean, what an incredible pickup the Patriots got in him. I know a lot of people were just kind of meh when they signed him because he wasn't considered, you know, a top-tier pass rusher. Right. Yeah. I I, I don't know if you want to say he is or isn't, but there's one guy at the top of the leaderboard for sacks this year. But it's not just him. Right. Dietrich Wise has been an Iron Man, you know, Um Josh Uche, I don't know. Is the light finally coming on for Josh Uche? I mean, well, that's going to be the question that I have for best both game, of you. Best game he's had as a Patriot. Yep. But, I mean, the last two weeks he came into the Jets game having one tackle on the season. And in two games he now has four sacks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and a bunch of quarterback hits. He had a couple of tackles for loss. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not going to complain, you know. Okay. But I think they finally found a way to uh, to utilize his talent. And and when you have all these guys, uh, Juwan Bentley has been good. Mac uh, Mac Wilson, you know, Raquan McMillan got in the act. Yep, they all I mean, did. Yeah, and when you have your linebackers with eight and a half of your nine sacks on the day, that that tells me the guys up front are really doing a good job because it's freeing these guys up to go ahead and make plays. And right. that's the big takeaway I had with the defense. I thought the secondary was really good, but I mean, under, with the, the pressure, I was going was was to mention this. They also did their job. Yeah. Oh, they, they did. Oh, yeah. You know, they, no they doubt. covered very well, but at the same time with all the pressure Ellinger was under, yeah. he didn't have a heck of a lot of time to, uh, you know, try to find open guys. Right. And what's interesting, Steve, before I go to Derek, because I want Derek's thoughts on this. One thing I noticed watching some of the uh, highlights was, yes, they rushed forward, but I don't know if you noticed this a great deal, but they were also, it looked like they had a spy on Allinger. 
meaning that they had a fifth guy that was really there to make sure he wasn't going to run. Yeah, that, that that's smart because he had the reputation as a dual threat quarterback at Texas. Now he's not the elusive, you know, no, he's, well, run. he's a power runner. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not like a Lamar Jackson or somebody like that. But I mean, he's a pretty, you know, stout dude and he can run over people if he gets in the secondary, but I think that was a smart move because they knew they could get pressure with four. Okay, excellent. Derek, over to you. Am I overstating this? We've been doing this show for 11-plus years, and we've seen some decent pass rush from the Patriots. I don't think I've seen it sustained throughout an entire game like this. It was an impressive performance for us. Uh, I mean, the defense won that game. There's no doubt. I mean, just just – they they totally controlled it. I mean, I, I was watching the game with a a friend of mine who's a Colts fan, and he looked at me midway through the game. He's like, "We can't even operate the offense." I mean, they, it was just dominant, dominant. Um, you know, the Patriots the Patriots really did a nice job defensively, uh, just kind of you know, taking control of that game from that standpoint. It, obviously, they want it. You want to contain someone who's a rushing quarterback. You know, Bill went into the game being like, "We don't want him to, you know, have any move with his legs." Well, it wasn't. Even, he didn't even have a chance. No, <laughs> they, they had nine sacks. Nine. Like that. That is. It, it, that's not a. It's not a normal day. I mean, no. really, no. really, really impressive. Um, I, I felt like you know, Judon, Dietrich, Wise, Uche. Uh, you know, a couple of guys up front that we want, we want to mention John Jones. Um, uh, I thought, I thought both, I thought both Jones rookies had a good day. I mean, really, really, really impressive just all around for, the for 16. I mean, that's insane. On oh, third down, 16, right? right but, uh, yeah, you can make the argument that the Colts, you know, uh, offense is struggling even worse than the Patriots, which it is. But I mean, at any level, playing the sport of football, if you can hold your opponent to 0 for 14 on third down right. and 0 for 2 on fourth down, where they don't make a single conversion, I, I find that really, really rare. You okay. Know? Well, I also want to mention this. I thought going into the game that Frank Reich was the mastermind of that Philadelphia Eagles offense that beat the Patriots. So. Why couldn't he figure this out? I think the answer is well, that's number one, obviously. (laughs) Doesn't have the players, but still, uh, I think we are not giving enough credit, or some aren't giving enough credit to the Patriots defense here. You're right. You're right, Derek. He doesn't have a quarterback, but that quarterback was able to move the ball the week prior. So I don't know. Let's give I, I, I our go side to, a little I, credit. The Patriots. No, I know. I, 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 I get where. <laughs> all right, I get where you're coming from. I, 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 I do agree. This is not one of those Derek and Russ arguments that's going to start <laughs> over semantics. No, no, I agree with you. I, 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 I can look at the Colts and say they don't have a quarterback. I can also yeah. look at the Patriots and say they absolutely deserve credit, 100. Yeah. percent In this case, okay. Yep. Coming up next, guys, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about and figuring out what the hell is going on with the Patriots offense. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, guys, this is going to be the meat of the show. Let's talk about the offensive line, which was a mess. Now, we knew this going in. If Andrews wasn't going to play, it was going to affect everything. But it's more than that. It's a lot more than that. This is a real problem, Steve. David Andrews hopefully will be coming back soon, maybe after the bye. They certainly need him. But it goes beyond one player here. What is going on with the offensive line, Steve? 
they're playing terrible. <laughs> That's what's going on. I mean, you know, you you look, um, and I think Andrews being out has affected Cole Strange. I know some people say, well, maybe he's hit a rookie wall with yep. mini camps, training camp, you know, nine games in the season. That's entirely possible. And if so, this week, you know, with the bye week, maybe help him out a great deal with that. But, um, I mean, you look elsewhere. James Ferentz, you know, he's a veteran, but he hasn't been playing well the past two games. No. <laughs> and, no. you know, you're at right tackle, it's been a revolving door. They're, they're trying to find somebody who can hold up. I mean, they started the year with Isaiah Wynn. He was a train wreck. Um, you know, then they brought back Marcus Cannon, who's about 9,000 years old. And, you know, Marcus Cannon is still very good in the running game as a run blocker. But um, speed rushers are, are an issue for him. Right. You know, now, you know then they went to Yadnika just who just got off of – you know, injury list, once again, he struggled. I thought he got a little bit better, you know, uh, later in the game, which, you know, you can factor into some rust. But, I mean, where do they go from here? I don't know. I mean, obviously getting Andrews back would be enormous for them facing right. the Jets in, in, you know, a week and a half. Um I think you have to go – they have to do self-scouting this week. Obviously, we know they're in the middle of that. Right. But I think, you know, Belichick needs to sit down. And I was talking with Phil Perry earlier this morning. Yep. And, you know, uh, he said the same thing. You have to find your five best players and work them until they're getting some semblance – of continuity and, and decent play out there. And if you have to leave it in a tight end to chip on the uh, right side, then, then do it because you can't have your quarterback getting hit in two and a half seconds. Yep. Right. You no, can't. totally agree, Steve. Totally agree. Derek, before I go to you, I just want to say this, that um, I've not been a big fan of the talk about nepotism and all that, but I will say this. The Here friends of Bill, when it comes to the players, please, there's no reason why James Ferentz should be on the New England Patriots at this point. Kirk Ferentz is the father of James Ferentz. I'm sure that's a, a connection here. He's not shown at any time that he can play in the NFL, play with the Patriots. Please get a better backup than James Ferentz. Enough is enough with that. I'm sorry. What about Cody Rusi? Yeah. I mean – your thoughts. The Mark, offense, the, the the offense to me is an absolute train wreck. And um we are watching. I, I however you feel about Mac Jones, I mean however you feel about Oh, him. we're going there right after this. Oh, we're we're going there right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> wait any longer. Wow. We're 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 we are watching the Patriots ruin Mac Jones. I don't Whoa. know if you Wherever oh, you think I his, might disagree wherever, wherever with you, you on think that. he I is, disagree. Okay. like you know, it, okay. they are they are basically writing the playbook on how to ruin a quarterback. <laughs> the the off the line is yeah. a sieve. It's a joke. No, it's that an part absolute joke. They, they they it, can you imagine if you took Ramondre Stevenson, Matt Judon, and Nick Folk off the Patriots? You if you took those three players off the Patriots, they'd be zero and whatever. They they can't they 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 need Ramondre in the offense they need Matt Judon on the defense and they need Nick Folk to kick field goals because they can't score touchdowns because they can't get into the red zone forget the red zone they can't they they, they can't do a thing they are lost they are lost this okay. whole offense is broken they yeah. they Mac doesn't trust anything that's in front of him. Hard to blame them because the off the line is leakier than a, a cheap pan. I mean, like, what what are we gonna do? What what are you going to do if your offense can't block the quarterback? You can't you can't, Derek, can't protect him. You Derek, can't do I it. totally agree with you on that. 
But I want to talk about one part of Mac Jones's game right now. Okay, that obviously the offensive line is an issue. Yeah. But Derek, what I'm about to share, I think, has been consistent. He struggles in the pocket. He does. I don't think. I I think what concerns me, and as I brought up to you, I was starting to get concerned about: is this the guy? It's the, the decision making. It's but the Russell, ability. Isn't it, isn't it so hard to evaluate? Seriously though, it's so hard to evaluate him. Because you just you recognize all the problems around him. So I agree with you. I can can't both things be true? Can't we sit here and say Mac Jones really his pocket presence is not there? He's yeah. not reading the field. Can't we also say that <laughs> like how can you blame him? There's no blocking, there's no playmakers, there's Matt Patricia, an offensive coordinator. Like both I've, things can be true. They all can be true, Derek. And as I said to Steve offline what i am struggling with i'm going to bring this back to you i know that they're running different plays but mm-hmm. they had the same offensive line with bailey zappy why was bailey zappy able to make quicker decisions than mac jones well i think it's so i think and, I, and I, i'm not wanting to say go to bailey zappy you know i'm not going there on that no i know but I, but I, I i do think and this is kind of marginalizing russ don't yell oh at here me. we go <laughs> Look at the defenses. Seriously, like the the, okay. the level of competition has been has been harder with Mac than with Zappy. So I I do I do think that's been that that's a problem. Um, I don't think the Patriots' offense is up to um, NFL par. I I think that they're algebra you know algebra one two and they need to get to three four. You know what I mean? Like they're just they're they're it's it's a low level offense. I think that they don't have a lot of high caliber talent. I think that the quarterback is is behind the bar i think the coaching is behind the bar i mean it, it's just it's just not an nfl offense um okay. and i i i don't know part of me do you do you agree with chris on this look at the screen yeah oh yeah 100 percent. I, I totally agree chris um i think that any quarterback's gonna struggle when you have the protection <laughs> They switched their left tackle and their right tackle. Their left guard got benched. Their rookie left guard got benched, and they put their tackle at guard. They yep. had their backup quarter or the backup center in. You know, it's like the only there's 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 five pieces on the offensive line, and only Mike and Wenyu is the solid one. They have twenty percent solid offensive line. The rest of their offensive line is garbage. I mean, uh, Trump Brown's they, been okay though. Trump Brown's been okay. He, yeah, but he's been spotty. He's been spottier than the last few years. Okay. He's, he's had they, the offensive line has not had a good year, no. and at the bottom, the the bottom line is the fact that they are just not playing well, and it's it's literally disrupting everything that's happening. And it went back to the summer the same way we were talking about this in the summer, guys. June, July, we're talking about if the offensive line isn't playing well, the offense is going to play well. Well, we're not. Well, now we are watching it derail Mac Jones's second year. And what sucks about that is it feels like a wasted year. I'm I'm watching this. I don't. I literally don't give a shit if it's if, if the Patriots win or lose. Sorry, and you guys know how much I love this team. But I'm telling you right now that if we have to watch this team waste a year of development, like developmenting this quarterback, it's it's a fail. It, it sucks to watch what's happening right now. It's not. No, it's not. I'm not going to disagree, Derek. My only issue is that, like you said, in this year, if it's wasted, will we really know how good Mac Jones is? Because, as you said, we it's can't. being wasted. We can't. Will know. we know? You can't. Okay. Okay. So that's where you're going on. I yeah. still have my doubts because of uh, his ability not to read defenses quick enough. Like- Apparently, I need to calm down. So sorry about that. <laughs> just getting, just just getting real frustrated over here. But no worries, no worries, Derek. I'm gonna just change it up a little bit because I do want to talk about the play calling. Before we do that, I have to give a little love, a little Boomer Sooner love here, Derek. Oh, Boomer God. Sooner gets it done after contact, and that's something we're talking about. How bad the offensive line is. Ramondre Stevenson is doing this after contact, Derek. I want to get your thoughts on what he's doing, and then go to Steve. He's he's tremendous. Um, you know. Uh, like like I said before, him, Matt Judon, Nick Falk, the three MVPs for the year. They they they're they're all playing at a higher level. His uh, uh, I do worry about his conditioning a little bit. Um, <laughs> funny for someone like me to say that to, about him because 
you know, <laughs> how, how great a shape he's in. But I do, I do think in terms of taking a whole workload, um, it's hard to do. He is absolutely tremendous. I mean, his contact balance, his power, his vision, um, just he's made a couple of like nice one-handed stabs uh, at the football the last couple of weeks. I mean, just he, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. I mean, he really is. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sit here and say that he's necessarily like, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, Christian McCaffrey, but right. he's, he's probably in that next tier down. I think, I think he put it this way. He'll be on a lot of people's fantasy fantasy boards next year. I mean, he really is, uh, a, he's the best running back the Patriots have had since Corey Dillon. Wow. That's saying a lot. Steve, do you agree with that about Ramondre Stevenson, that he's the best back they've had since Corey Dillon? I thought Corey Dillon was the best probably I've seen, and I've seen some really good backs, including Sam Cunningham, but Corey Dillon was a different level. Is Ramondre up there? Yeah, he's a three-down back. Yeah. And they haven't had a, a true three-down back and since maybe Curtis Martin. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All yeah, right, they, so you- they haven't, but he's going to be next year. I mean, he's, he's that guy. And you okay. can tell how much Bill likes him, too, just the way he talks about him. He's like a little grin on his face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, good stuff. All right. My friend Steve Reynolds in Spain, who was just starting to get into the Patriots after the last couple of seasons, he has an interesting comment I want to share with you guys, and it's going to basically let us talk about the coaching stuff. It's interesting, and it's someone fairly new to the game, Steve. I'll go to you first, Steve Balsheri. Steve Reynolds says, is it time the Pats have a look at the whole structure from the coaching down? Now, Steve, I want to get your thoughts on this because we could talk about the coaching staff. We could talk about craft. Is it right to take a look at everything with what we've been watching this season? Everything. Well, when you're talking about coaching, after the head coach, yes. Um, Because, you know, where would the Patriots be right now if somebody other than Bill Belichick was coaching? They wouldn't be five and four. I can tell no. you right now. No. They'd probably be one and eight, maybe. So, um, but, you know, I didn't get a chance to chime in on the Mac Jones stuff. And I'll go I'll, ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. I'll go tie ahead. this in with yes. coaching. The coaching, especially on the offensive side of the ball, needs to get a heck of a lot better. I was giving Patricia the benefit of the doubt, you know, early in the season. And I thought, you know, through the beginning parts there, I thought he was doing a pretty good job. But they're so predictable now. And getting to your point, when you talked about Bailey Zappi, they called a different game. They were putting him on the center. They they were throwing on first Go, Steve, go. Go. I love this. Go, keep going. That's a good point, Steve. No, they, they were no, they no. were using play action passes. They were doing all these different things that they're not doing with Mac for whatever reason. And, and that makes no sense, honestly. It no. doesn't make any sense. And when you talk about struggles in the pocket, okay, when you have the other team calling out the play, okay, before back to back weeks, by the way. Back to back weeks. Back to back. If it's that simple that you have linebackers on the other side of the ball calling out the play. That's pretty bad. Then you need to give the quarterback the option of audibling out of that. And you need to start getting more creative with this team because they are so, as I talked to you earlier, Russ, Yeah. out of 23, you know, first down snaps in the football game, they ran the ball 15 times against a top five defensive unit. Yep. And in those 15 snaps, they gained an average of 1.8 yards per carry. That's so you're hard. putting your entire offense behind the eight ball right off the bat. Steve, what did, this I say? Has to Steve, what, what, what did we talk about yesterday on the phone? We talked about how if you and I can see this on the couch, what do you think the coaches of these teams that work 80 hours a week can see? Like, yeah. uh, 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 
all the respect to us, we're 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 intelligent football fans. We're, we're watching this. Like, what do you think the coaches that are grinding the tape that are paid to do this, working twelve hour days? What do you think they can see? I mean, it's so obvious. It's it's so it's, simple, Russ. It's, it's pain. It's painful to watch, Russ. And, and again, I'm not going to disagree with you, Dark. Obviously. And, and again, I, I go back. To, you know, the conversation I had with Phil Perry earlier today, uh, right. on another show, and and Phil was talking about the same things. It's like, mm. you know, it, simplifying is good. Like he said earlier in the season, they they need to simplify things to get these guys moving. But when you're nine weeks into the season and you're still running, you know, offense 1.0, and I'm paraphrasing there for, for Phil, it puts your your players at a severe disadvantage. And the fact that it ties in this lack of creativity with a total lack of offensive line play, your quarterback has no no confidence that he is going to be safe to hold on to the ball for more than a second and a half because he knows he's going to get hit. And, you know, when you talk about struggles in the pocket, yeah, he, how can you go through progressions when you know you're going to get hit second and a half after you snap the ball? You can't. So why do you think they're not putting him under center, Steve, and they're doing this I don't shotgun? know, but th- this uh-huh. is a coaching issue, and it's not a player issue. Okay. This okay. is a it's coaching fair. issue. You, you, know, have to, you have to get creative with things. They, they did that. They had a guy that nobody had tape on with Bailey Zappi. They put him under center. They let him run play action. You know, they did all of these things. They were throwing on first down. And uh, lo and behold, you know, they were eating and, up some chunk yardage there. And, and then and then they put and then Max under center and they call a different game. Just yeah, just, and Max it, it in the shotgun. No and he and he's handing it off every time on first down. And and, and it, guess guess Russ, who's the best team in the NFL at running the ball on second and ten? I'll tell you, the Patriots. Second and ten. It's the most predictable offense in the league. It is watching a car accident slowly for three hours. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's horrible. I mean, I, okay. I knew, obviously we all, I'm not, I don't want to put words in your guys' mouth, okay. but we all had our reservations about what the offense was going to look like this year. Yeah. At the, at the beginning, I thought the play calling was fine. I still don't think the play calling is that bad. The play design, the concepts, it's it's watching an outdated mind. I mean, I don't know how to say it. Like it's it's not it, it you you can't watch, you know, Miami or Kansas City or Buffalo and then watch the Patriots offense. It's like going back decades. I mean, okay. they need Sam Cunningham, Russ. Yeah. Sam Cunningham. Sam they Bam, need, I love they Sam. They need Bam to bring in a, a, an offensive mind, a new one. Okay. So Let's hope that Josh McDaniels gets fired, Derek. Yeah, yeah. I'll pick him up from the airport. I'll swing by. <laughs> You'll drive from Arizona to Vegas. And- oh, I'll be there. I'll be there in three hours, and it's a six-hour drive. Okay, okay, because you know what? That might actually happen. So who knows? Who knows what happens with Josh McDaniels? Probably not. In all Probably. seriousness, I think you're kidding, but, but I don't think he'll be fired. But. You know he's you going know. down. He's he's going down that boulevard. So. He's going down a bad path too. But, yes, sir. Okay, so let's end with this because we're. All, I wanted to focus, as you can imagine, on how bad this offense is. And like I said, I got a lot of criticism, guys. Derek, you might be shocked by this, but I got a lot of criticism. You know, to be called me, to call me a pink hat, really upset. Russ, me. I saw your Twitter account. What did you do to piss people off? Like I, I was looking at your mentions. I'm like, geez, this guy is getting. Oh, it's bad. Right now. Oh, it was bad. They were they were out for blood with me. I and have all, not seen very many people mean to you like that mean to you. Like I thought you were a politician. You were getting so much hate. No, on no, I was getting a I was getting a good amount. Russ, thing Russ of, burned up in the midterms here. <laughs> right. oh, big time, big time. And I'm watching the game, and all I happened to really talk about was the fact I brought up a term that obviously many Patriots fans don't want to hear. Yeah, you know what? I, I kind of want to be entertained. They don't they don't like that and. Mm. They didn't like that. I could tell it was about the word entertain. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I said it because it was terrible to watch. And they just took it and ran it and told me I should play Madden. And I'm like, I don't play Madden. So basically shut the F up. 
Anyways, yeah, enough, it was, enough of that. It was actually really funny, and I love. Oh, I'm glad you. Were, of course, you enjoyed that. You, I didn't you enjoy, enjoy you getting roasted. I, I enjoyed your commentary he, because for he once, only I enjoys felt like you Russ, getting roasted when he does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I felt like I felt like you were so upset that I could just I could I was really happy that we could share being so upset at the same thing. I uh, okay, wow. Darn. That is wow. That is awesome. wow. You enjoy my misery. That's not good, Derek. I enjoy Russ. I, I, you're listening. I said I enjoy your misery because I was also miserable too. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, misery loves company, right, Derek? Exactly. Okay. Yes. So I want to end with talking about this. You guys are going to like this. We're focusing on the offense. So, Steve, you're going to talk to Bill Belichick. How does he fix this? I don't think he takes over play calling. I don't. No, he won't. Um, I think, like I said, they have to do a, a tremendous uh, self-scouting. And, you know, Chris brought up a good point. Does he move the play calling to Joe Judge? Yeah, he mentioned that. What do you think, Steve? I, I'm uh, At this point... I, I'm, it's not so as Derek said. It's not so much the play calling it's the play to design. a degree, and I, I was complaining about all the runs. But like Derek said, the play design. There's no creativity there. You're not fooling anybody with the way you're lining up. And I thought that you know for a few games they were doing that, but at this point, could Joe Judge be any worse? Well, let me rephrase that. At this point, could Can the results be? be any worse with Joe Judge there? Yeah, than they are right now with Patricia, and I don't know. Okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fire him, as Chris said. <laughs> I know, I know. I want to, I want to share this. Yeah, so, so Chris is all about firing Matt Patricia. I'm with you, Chris. Right into oh. the sun. Well, oh, I did a right I there. did a Lions podcast a few weeks ago, and oh, that must have he, been interesting. Yeah, they, he's Poor not thing. a very popular person. Um, in fact, the, the guys from the Lions were all calling him Matt Patricia. So, <laughs> okay. I, I don't advocate. I, like I don't advocate for Patricia to be fired. Neither do I. I do. I know you. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I don't think Bill's going to do that. No, no, he's no, no, he won't. He won't. Okay. I'm, I'm obviously I'm I'm kind of kidding, but uh, he won't. Derek, fire. how That's, would you fix this mess? I if you could talk to Bill. If I it, if I could fix it, um, I would hire someone who was an offensive coordinator. But we said that six months ago. So I, I, I yeah, you I can't do it in the I, middle I, of the I, season. I, I don't think. So. No, he won't. No, he won't. Obviously, he won't. I mean, I I don't even have a lot of faith that he would do it over the offseason, honestly, because he trusts Matt, and I I don't think Matt is a stupid like coach. I don't think he's a dumb person. No, I just think he's just not a forward thinking head coach. And you know, I mean, it, it's, it's been obvious. The office has, has been a mess. I mean, the quarterback has, has been regressing the offensive lines falling apart. I mean, they put an offensive coordinator and an offensive <laughs> line coach in place that had never done it before. And both aren't looking good. So what are we supposed, what are we supposed to say? Like, what are we supposed to look at? Like we looked at Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and said, "I don't know. We we think we think it'll be okay." Derek, I we, have a suggestion. Yeah, and whether they stick with Patricia or go to Judge as the play call, I think it's going to stick with Patricia. Mm-hmm. I would say, why not do what you did with Bailey Zappi and see where that takes you, Derek? Yeah. Simplify it even more. Run a more basic offense. And let him go under center and do it that way and see how, where that gets you. And if that works, then maybe you build on that. Yes, it's predictable, but I think it gives them more chance to progress. <coughs> if the, I'm just trying agree. to think of a way to get them to move forward because right now they're in quicksand. How no, do you I move t- forward? I, Russ, I, I've never agreed with you more on the show. I, wow. I, 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 Stephen, what are your thoughts about this? Could I be right here? To go to what they did under with Zappy. Why are they resident? Why are they not willing to do this? They can use this week to self scout, maybe self scout themselves. I'm talking about the coaching staff. Right. And, and that's what I said. I mean, 
there's so much more they should be doing and they're not. And it's putting your players in a position to fail rather than succeed. So, you know, start mixing in play action. Start putting Mac under center. You know, the only time he's under center is when they're on the goal line. And sometimes even then, you know, <coughs> he's uh, he's in the shotgun. It's time to, you know, start getting more creative with the play designs. And, you know, ha- stop having these opponents calling out your play before, you know, the snap. I- I have another suggestion. Now, it only worked in spurts, and I think it will only work in spurts, but mix in up-tempo, Steve. Why not right. play a little bit more up-tempo? Because so they, you've, they you've, did do a little bit of that. A little. And, you know, they used to do a little bit of that with Brady as well. They absolutely and, did. We <laughs> talked about it on the show. And and it's it, I think it all depends on the opponent. If opponents like to mix and match, then if you catch them on first down and you get a 10, 12 yard gain, then they keep that, that tempo going. So the other team isn't allowed to, uh, you know, to substitute. And I, I think when they've used that in the past and even, you know, a little bit this year, it's worked pretty well. And yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, mixing things up, keep that the defense, you know, reacting to you rather than setting the tone okay excellent guys i have one final topic for you and it actually involves two teams in the patriots division the bills and the jets okay thought this might be an interesting topic to end the show so steve what does the jets victory against the bills tell you does it tell you that the jets are better than we thought the bills are not maybe as infallible as we thought, or maybe even the Patriots are a little bit better because they beat the Jets. What does it tell you? It tells me that the NFL is a week-to-week season. I think the Bills have looked like a juggernaut for most of the year. I thought two weeks ago against Green Bay, they kind of faded a little bit in the second half. And Why do you think they faded? Huh? Why do you think they faded in that game? I don't know. I, felt, I think I felt I, like they got bored. <laughs> like yeah, to, like, I think they got a little I complacent. Just going through the motions. I think they got a little complacent. Like yep. they they had a really impressive first half, yep. and it's it looked like it was going to be another you know uh, game where the Bills blow the doors off an opponent. But it, it uh, I think they got a little complacent, and I just thought they got out coached and outplayed on Sunday. I think, you know, we wow. talked about the Jets' uh, defense, you know. Steve, I'm actually get- a fan of Salah. Can I just say that? I, I That might not be popular to say, but I'm a fan of his. No, I'm a fan of his when he was with the Niners. I think he's a really good coach, and yeah, I think his too. players have bought in, mm-hmm. and they're playing like it. They're playing, especially that defense, they're playing fast and loose. Couldn't agree and- and the fact that they were able to shut down Buffalo, yep. granted, they weren't at their best, you know, right. but at the same time, you can't take that away from them. No, no, it'll you know? come down to that quarterback. I, think, I, I, I honestly feel I honestly feel like Buffalo is kind of in like a cruise control mode cruise right control. now. They just feel like they're just going through the motions. They know they're gonna be in the postseason, they're halfway through the year. I just feel like they're kind of like I, I think that walking was a wake and up clocking out. How about I this? Think, I think Chris. Sunday was a wake up call for the Bills. Okay. And, you know, wow. they need to come back to that. You know, when the season started, they had that intensity that, you know, what happened that last 13 seconds in Kansas City wasn't going to define them. Right. And they came out like the hair was on fire. And I think they lost a little bit of that. And we'll see how they react. Okay. Yeah, the AFC East is definitely one of the best divisions in football. Um, I can't believe we're saying that, by the way. No, I know. It's weird. But... Here's the thing, and it, I, you know, people who've listened to the show for a long time are going to hear me rant about something that I've said a thousand times before. But here we go. It comes down to the draft, man, <laughs> and and the and the Dolphins and the Bills and the Jets have drafted really well the last couple of years. They and have. when you stack drafts together, your team is strong, and they're all doing it right now. And okay. with the Jets, the question mark. I do like Sala, but there's a little bit of a question mark still at the head coach. And there's a question mark at quarterback. 
And with yeah. the Bills, probably not too many question marks. My question mark with the Bills would be like, how how do you handle success? We'll find out. You know, we'll okay. find out. But they're a phenomenal team. And the Jets, I still think the Jets are, you know, or I, I, I had said that. But, you know, little question about their quarterback. And the Dolphins, I think that there's a lot of things about the Dolphins that are that are right there. I'm not sure they're there yet, but they're close. So they, I mean, the, the whole division has really taken a, an, an immense step forward the okay. last couple, you know, the last, uh, you know, few weeks. I mean, they, they, they've really announced themselves. So it'll be curious to see what it's like, um, you know, uh, as the year progresses. I'm curious to see how each one of these teams takes a step because they – they, they really have taken a big step from a talent perspective forward. And Derek, you are right to say the drafts, but I think maybe this time next season we'll be saying that the Patriots have joined them. I hope so. If they continue on their draft capital, taking advantage of what they have, because I think the last few drafts they've shown that they're catching up, but they're behind. They're still behind. It's a good point. I, to Russ, say, I told Steve the other day, and anyone who likes to listen to us during the offseason, you can all tell you the same thing. I'm 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 already eyeballing right tackles because I don't see how there's a I don't see how there's a chance in hell they don't take a tackle in the draft first round okay. this year. I, okay. I just I can't see I can't see okay. another way around it. Okay. And listen, Derek is great with the draft along with Steve. His only faux pas would obviously be JJ Watt, and I'll bring that up to the day <laughs> I die with him. He knows that. I always have to throw in. Well, I'm not sure, Russ. I'm not sure if JJ Watt would Mike be Gray a good fit. 0, but yeah, sure. <laughs> you only All had right. 100 career sacks. That wasn't enough. Oh, uh, yeah. That, yeah. That one you might have gotten wrong, but that's okay. You get, you get a lot right there. <laughs> Great show, guys. Fantastic show. I do want to wrap this up. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube to the PatsFans.com YouTube channel. Ian Logan is telling me that we are getting more and more people subscribing. We need you to subscribe. And also subscribe on Apple Podcasts because it does help Patriots fans find us. Leaving a review helps as well. Okay. Well, we're going to be back next week. I think what we're going to do next week, guys, is we are going to do our own self-scouting of the New England Patriots. And that should be probably a little scary because there's a lot to look at to analyze where they are. They're five and four, but we have to look at and analyze these players, these coaches, and why they're not better than they are. So that's what I, we're going to do gonna next. I'm going to make a guarantee right here. I love it. Okay. They will not lose a game this week. <laughs> I'm there with you, Stephen. I think Derek will agree. I'll, I'll, ride, I'll ride that money line. Okay. That's it. I'm I'm putting betting the house on that. They will not okay. lose this week. Okay. That was very profound from Steve Balster. And that's a great way to end the show. Nice or, dad joke to end the show. Love that. <laughs> Okay, let's wrap this up. For Steve Balsher and Derek Havens, I'm Russ Golden. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. Go Pats.